Hey everyone, I am on my way to meet with my first guest that I'll be interviewing here in the astral realm. I'm making my way through some, frankly, uncharted territory for me, and I figured I'd bust out my personal recorder and just record a few introductory words before I actually jump right into that conversation with the amazing Nick Powers. If you're not familiar with his work, Nick maintains a very large spreadsheet of data that takes all the 50 states from the U.S. and, and ranks them by just every vertical stat you can think of. And he'll answer questions from his audience about what states perform well in what areas and what kind of trends are there. Now, of course, this gets interesting and heated and political sometimes, but ultimately, it's all about the data. So I'm approaching some kind of construction site. I'm a little unclear on that, but I'm going to go ahead and put away my recorder, and I'm going to head into the location that he told me to meet him at, and we'll kick right off with that interview. Welcome to episode eight of Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. Hello. Hello. And 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 welcome. Uh hi. Uh this is Endeavorance and I am right here speaking with the guy himself, spreadsheet guy himself, Nick Powers. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me on. It is uh a long time coming. We've been planning on on actually being able to record together for a little while now. And I'm super, super hype. I know you are too. Yes. Um, I have actually been a fan of yours for quite some time. Uh, I actually followed you really early on in my TikTok career. And uh, it, as I said earlier on before we started recording, uh, it, it was sort of the first moment in which I could say, oh, hey, like this is my corner of, of, of TikTok. I finally found it. <laughs> so you were foundational uh, to my start on TikTok. So thank you very much. I am I am honored. So I'm 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 glad. And I am a huge fan of your content as well. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much. That is very flattering. So we are here in the astral realm, but we're not we're not at the normal usual location that I do my recording from. It's a little loud out here. And I'm just wondering where where do you have us? Where are we, Nick? Uh we are in an office building that's actually on the top of one of those tour towers at a theme park called Astral World. Ooh. And yes, this uh, this theme park was founded by essentially a planeswalker who's traveled to many different realms and lived many different lives other in other universes, and then eventually decided to settle in the astral realm and uh, start a theme park because he would just, just like to chill for a little bit before he continues on with his epic adventures. That's fair. That's a good way to chill. Yeah, his name is Dalmac. He's Dalmac the Creator. Uh, and in this case, he's creating roller coasters. And this is his tower. Right above us is where he actually lives in, in at the theme park. Sort and of a so, penthouse situation? Yeah, kind of. So at any, at any point, whenever he feels like it, since the tower is in the smack center of the theme park, and as you can see, we can look out the window on all sides of us and see various 
rides and attractions. What's the what's the biggest ride? Dalmac the Creator had had just started building uh, the original Top Thrill Dragster because you know it's dead. We can see the construction on that in the distance, and for whatever reason, even though anything's possible in the astral realm, uh, he decide he likes to actually build things instead of just having them appear. Oh, retro! Yeah, so we can actually see the construction process uh, over there. Why? Why is he? Is he just like the tactile feel, the building of the individual rails? I don't know how roller coasters work, frankly. <laughs> so <laughs> Do they have rails? Is it is it considered a rail? It is considered a rail. Yeah, the the idea of bringing it in piece by piece makes it seem more real. Like it makes it seem like that is le- the le- the legitimate top thrill dragster. It, it's not just a clone that is here for nostalgia's sake. Grabbing them piece by piece. It's like the uh, philosopher's question about the ship. When when there's a ship, the, the ship of Theseus. Yes. So like yeah, you're you're taking a piece apart at a time and replacing it. When does it stop being that ship? Or in this case, you're taking a piece apart and moving it and starting to build that same ship. Um, is that first ship that the parts are being replaced the same ship, or is it the new ship? That is the top thrill dragster that's being built. You can't just teleport it in there. You gotta you gotta put it together. With your hands, that's that's the one that he wants. You got to put in the work, and, and I, I kind of see this as like a, a borderline Robin Hood situation, right? Like the way that you've described it, sure sounds like he's kind of piecemeal, maybe stealing these parts, yeah, piece by piece, and bringing them into this realm. He he could be. That's true. I mean, yeah, presumably he's not like this. Isn't an above board operation? No. To be honest, I haven't really thought about that. He could absolutely be stealing them piece by piece. He goes to the dumpster behind the theme park and he, he pulls the track out of the dumpster. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. He grabs all the pieces one by one to save them. But just at the point where nobody cares about them anymore and they're about to be uh, scrapped or destroyed. Well, while we're here, uh, and, and while the ride is still being built and we can't quite ride it yet, we might as well talk about... The thing that you've been doing for a little while now, which is a very large spreadsheet. Uh, So for everyone listening, if you are not familiar with Nick's work, um, he has a really excellent TikTok and a uh, nascent YouTube channel with really excellent content in which he goes over just so many interesting stats, just so many stats uh, compiled into a massive spreadsheet about the 50 United States. Um, I believe, does it include uh, any territories or is it just the, the, the states? So we have DC right now, but uh, we don't have Puerto Rico yet. I would like to add Puerto Rico. Okay. Um, however, right now there are more than 200 columns and going in and adding Puerto Rico or any of the other territories for like for 200 columns worth yes <laughs> is a whole thing that's a lot my plan is uh, at the beginning of next year I, I obviously I'm going to continue the spreadsheet I'm gonna have to keep adding it and making it more current but 2022 is going to be its own solidified sheet so oh okay I'm, I'm going to continue working on the main sheet but I'm going to make a copy of this sheet that is 2022 and the only reason why it gets changed is if I find uh, more accurate information regarding 2022 so making sort of a, an archive kind of is Essentially, yeah. And while that's happening, every once, like, 
since most of these stats are since they're all for 2022 uh there's a lot of them that are like 2019 2020 because of census information and and so on but uh the ones that are for 2022 have information have data taken at different points of the year and they're only going to be accurate for so long right yeah at, at some point uh, BLS or the census or some other agency or organization will find out averages and medians from the course of the whole year. And when that happens, they will release updated information that I can grab and put into the spreadsheet for 2022. And when that happens, that will include Puerto Rico. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that way I don't have to go through and make it a whole task to put port like 200 columns worth of information for Puerto Rico, I can just wait until that information is available and accurate. And while I'm updating everything else, I'm adding Puerto Rico and updating that as well. Okay. When I start changing information for subsequent, for, for, you know, future years, when we start on 2023 and I see that new information is available for, for that year, when I add it, I will also add Puerto Rico's information. Probably middle of next year, Puerto Rico will be fully fleshed out. Hopefully DC will be fully fleshed out before then. DC has about half of the columns, so not as much DC as I would DC being like. difficult? Who would have thought? Right. <laughs> and DC actually has a lot more problems than I originally thought it was going to have. Puerto Rico, turns out, would have been much easier to add than DC. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because people were asking about a lot of territories and i was like well dc uh, like D dc and puerto rico are the two areas that would be easiest and probably affect like most people would probably be interested in those um and i was like well dc is going to be easier so because everybody pays attention to dc dc obviously is a really important area uh so there has to be a lot of information about dc and that's not true. <laughs> DC is DC's a bit of an enigma, isn't it? Well, let's uh let's let's take a, a step backwards in time and uh let's I I'm curious how what what was the genesis of the spreadsheet? How did you how did it get started? Uh was there a spark? How did it how did it begin to form? I'm curious the story there. Yeah. So this this story is actually something that's gonna go down with me forever. Uh and I'm sure you're going to think it's hilarious. So I was at about 2000 followers when this thing started and I had, I had just left my previous employer and I was, and I was actually working uh, three part-time jobs uh, while I could find somewhere. Cause I was, I was getting pretty picky about where I was going to work. Cause I don't want to work in a toxic environment. That's, and so, that's a difficult find in, in uh, modern day America. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I was like, but I like all three uh, part-time jobs and they all, uh, have uh, schedules that are opt-in so I can choose when to work. I had a lot of time to invest in content creation, which is something that I've always wanted to do. So I was making a whole bunch of videos. But then there, there, was, there, was, one, there was one day where I had, I was talking about economics and statistics and all that stuff. And there was one day where I had like 50 comments it was like the most viral video that I had at the time from Texans. <laughs> <laughs> like my comment section for that video was just so full of Texans saying that Texas was the best and there's nothing wrong with it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and so this whole thing started because I made a video. Uh, the, the, the nail on the head was when this happened, I also saw a video about or like from a real estate agent account 
who I found particularly annoying because he's very Texan and he was like, reasons why you should move to Texas. And I'm like, why am I getting all this Texan shit on my feed and in my comment section? (laughs) (laughs) And and so I stitched that video and I was like, I'm going to spend 30 minutes making a spreadsheet of all 50 states and I'm going to show everyone where Texas ranks. And that was the only reason why I, why I made a spreadsheet is so I could say, fuck you to Texas. That's amazing. That video at that point became the most viral video that, that I had. And I was like, well, I guess I have to keep doing the spreadsheet. Well, in my mind, I was like, I guess I'm going to have to keep doing the spreadsheet. But in all actuality, uh, I guess I have to keep making fun of Texas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you certainly haven't stopped. No, I haven't. Um, so much so that some of my followers are getting annoyed and I have to like tone it down and start spacing out the Texas videos. And now I've I mean, actually... it wouldn't be a problem if they could just shut up about Texas for right. a second, huh? <laughs> exactly. Um, and some of my... Fo- like, it, what's, what's hilarious is almost every video that I'm making about Texas... Uh, all of the pe- like not all, but there's a, a disproportionate amount of people in my comment section who I click on their profiles and they're following me um, that are like, I live in Texas. All of this is true. Um, and it makes me wonder how many of my follower base lives in Texas. Right? I would assume a lot. And, and TikTok <laughs> is, uh, I mean, aside from being an inscrutable dumpster fire. Uh, which they should really just rebrand from TikTok to the inscrutable dumpster fire. Yeah. Uh, TikTok influences what you get on your For You page by or from who follows you. So if you mm. have a whole bunch of Texas followers and you're talking about Texas a lot, it would stand to reason that you'd be getting those, uh, hey, come to Texas kind of videos. That makes sense. It still doesn't really explain why it started, <laughs> but that definitely explains why it's happening now. I mean, the explanation for why it started is is Texas. Yeah, you talk about anything, and someone's going to explain why Texas does it better. That's that is true. So moving away, <laughs> moving away from Texas just a little bit, um, which is a thing that everyone should do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I'm, actually, I, maybe we like that's a different topic. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, when I remember, I distinctly remember uh, scrolling through the good old FYP. And I got a a video from you that had a statistic that I was very intrigued in, uh, which was the Big Mac index. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so I, that's I have not seen that metric reported on. You know, I checked I checked CNBC, I checked all the different financial reports, and none of them were reporting on on the the breakthrough science of the Big Mac index. And I'm curious as to where that came from, but also if you have any other um, existing absurd stats uh, or <laughs> funny stats, uh, mm-hmm. or if you have any that you would love to add. I Honestly, I'm not sure about what I'd like to add because my followers are usually pretty good about letting me know what I want to add before I can even think of it. <laughs> <laughs> First, I'll answer your question about the Big Mac index. That is actually... The Big Mac index is actually something that is actually pretty is used pretty widely in statistics. Uh, most of the time, it's used for comparing currency uh, to other countries, not necessarily for comparing the same currency to itself. But um, in this in this specific use case, it still works surprisingly well, even though I personally hate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really want to admit that. But um, 
it does actually show you the, the amount that the cost of labor impacts price of of certain mm. goods and it also shows how uh the price of uh, the price of food and uh the price of shipping and all of that stuff can impact uh, a currency or inflation in certain areas so it it does have its use cases even though it's very silly and that's why people use it when when we're looking at other countries big mechs are largely like they're they're the most similar product that the u.s has when it comes to food service that also is available in other countries it costs around the same amount of money to make a big mech for mcdonald's in like germany as it does here uh it's still quite different because countries like germany and the uk and like you know all, all those places have much higher regulations uh and the food has to be much better quality than it yeah does i was here. gonna say i've heard it's much better outside the states yes but the reason it's used is because that is that is one standard product that is available all over the world, essentially. Uh, That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, it costs around the same uh, to to make a Big Mac. Uh, obviously not within, not from currency to currency, but the, the amount of work in currency or in labor or whatever, the amount of time spent and the amount of value that a Big Mac has within the currency that it's sold in is roughly the same from country to country. I don't know if I've ever heard someone say the amount of value that a Big Mac has. That's a that's a first in terms of sentences for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, usually we think of that as negative. Like uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of negative value to pick like it's it's honestly very fascinating because the Big Mac index actually does a lot to show us with math in pretty indisputably that higher wages and better employee benefits and uh, slightly higher cost of goods, uh, higher taxes and better social programs and all of this stuff don't actually make things cost more. Mm -hmm. um, people say that they do in the United States, but the United States is almost a one-off. But anyway, that's the value that the Big Mac Index has. In terms of other weird things that I've added, I don't know if you saw my most recent video where somebody requested that I add porn usage by state. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so did not expect well, Pornhub, that. <laughs> Pornhub has, like, really amazing, a really amazing stats blog, right? They like do, they, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot easier than I thought to find. And democratic states... Uh, watch porn a whole lot more than conservative states. So I was that. I was personally fascinated by that. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that real quick. If, <laughs> if, if we can get into that territory. Yeah, that's I, fine I, with me. I don't care. I was personally very surprised uh, because I, maybe this is just, maybe this is my own bias showing, but the narrative in my head was that it's like a repression thing mm -hmm. and that more socially conservative places are in secret... <laughs> <laughs> uh, seeking out other ways to get that gratification. Uh, now, of course, it makes total sense that places that are much more socially liberated or liberal are going to not feel as conscientious about watching porn or, you know, accepting that, like, sex is a part of life and being more open and out there about sex. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, I... I I thought from, you know, I've, I've poked at Pornhub's uh, like stats blog before. And like, I've, I remember 
reading like maybe it's just because they put out the inflammatory ones the like shocking ones but it was always like the red states had the most (laughs) intense ridiculous popular search terms that were like the most out there comparatively yeah Uh, and so maybe just that intensity i thought it was going to carry over into viewership but i guess not yeah like and what's what's really interesting about that is because it's so repressed that like the outcome of what you were just saying, like the more really intense search results, like what they're into um, is actually like way crazier. But because of the repression of, of like that kind of, of activity, if you will, it's not nearly as available. Um, if you mm. think about it, uh, one religion takes a huge part in it. Yeah. But also, um, in in the southern states uh, or in more conservative states, you're more likely, even if you're not religious, to uh, kind of be forced or pressured into that uh, uh, in, into that lifestyle where you know you get out of high school and then you get married and you have so you have the social norms where you do everything with your spouse. Uh, you either go to church or you do some other activities. You have like your activities are you and your spouse and you and your spouse's friends. You know. Yeah. Um, you have couple friends. You don't necessarily go out with like people that are not married anymore. But uh, that kind of shame that's associated with that culture has reduced the availability of things like porn. And because it's not available, people don't get to do it as often. Which means when they when <laughs> when when they it's do time it, to go big. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they they take advantage of it. <laughs> um. When in when in blue states, the opposite is true. Uh, you know, like it's boring. Uh, it's, it's boring. It's, it's I've just seen a it thing all. you do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, so just open up that private tab. Here we go again. Right. Exactly. Like, uh, I mean, you, you everything is at your fingertips. So all of those crazy searches, you've already done all those. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know what you like. So you're just going to go do the thing that you like. Uh, and then move on with your life. It's not some Let's get this big over activity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, this is probably a good point to interject and say that all uh, any consenting adult activity between any number of consenting adults is perfectly good and healthy. Yes, completely agreed. <laughs> that's that's all there is to say about that. Sex is great and healthy. Uh, yep. it's, go uh, go do a sex at as, at, at willing people. Right, at, at willing people, yes. Willing people. <laughs> yes, and safely, please. And yes, go safely do a sex at willing people if you are of age. If you are, yes, that is true. However, that kind of goes with the consensual thing, because in order to legally declare consent, I think you have to be of age. That is true. So, that is true. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to pull up a big list of other ways that we should make sure to cover our asses here. Oh, before yeah, let's moving do that. On. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so moving away from uh, from literal porn and and into uh, sort of like political porn. Uh-huh. Uh, so the the United States midterms just happened, yes. right? And uh, I don't think it would be a, a huge stretch to say that the Republican Party and the United States is not very happy right now. Um, which I mean. I'm okay with with fascists not being happy. That's that's fine. I'm really interested in what your take on on all of this is because the pundits, like a lot of discussion around this, is like, you know, of course it's a lot of like Gen Z turned out and like that's really cool. They're 
was a huge expectation of a red wave, or at least a lot of, of outlets were saying there's going to be a red wave, like Republicans are going to are going to totally take over this. We, everyone knows that the president in office, uh, you know, typically their party loses uh, during mm-hmm. during an election. But that's not what happened at all. Uh, and so I'm curious if you're if you were surprised or if you saw this coming or or where where your uh, where your reaction was uh, as you've seen these results rolling in. So I whether or not I was surprised is is a hard question to answer. Um, yes and no. Um, there's there's a lot of things that did surprise me. Um, I did not expect a red wave, but I did expect it I did expect it to be a little bit worse uh and it was at the beginning while the ballots were being counted uh because there were a lot of states especially in the senate race that on that first night we thought we were losing ultimately what's what's really interesting is i think when when conservatives talk about the red wave that they thought were gonna was gonna happen and then democrats uh and liberals are largely saying that the red wave didn't happen neither of those are really true (laughs) you think that they're mutually exclusive but um like you think that one of them has to be it either happened or it didn't but the reality is conservatives actually did come out in larger numbers than they have in previous years uh their strategy did work with getting conservatives to the booths which is wild because like a lot of discussion that i've seen is around the uh, both saying that the election, you know, calling election fraud, saying that mail-in ballots are bad, saying right. that voting day of is bad, like just everything was bad. No matter it's what you do, rigged, it's bad. It's all, yeah. <laughs> What's really interesting to me, what's surprising is uh, that even though uh, the Democrats that are in office uh, and the Democrats were running were doing a heavy push, um, that actually... It doesn't seem like from everything that I've been reading, and I, I could be wrong because I'm still trying to study this, but it doesn't seem like that was nearly as effective at getting Democrats uh, and, and liberals and leftists to vote as the conservative movement was. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the red wave was terrifying to, li- uh, to, to anybody on the left. Uh, because if that if that did happen, even while Biden's in office, uh, we can lose uh, we can lose women's rights on a national level. Uh, we yeah, can it's lose, game over. Right, exactly. We can lose gay marriage. We can lose a lot of. There's a lot of risk here, and because conservatives were pushing so much, and everybody knew that the conservatives were pushing that hard, we knew that the conservative turnout was going to be high. Uh, even if the red wave didn't materialize, there were still going to be more conservatives going to the polls than there have been in previous years. So we have to step it up. And what's really interesting about the midterms seems to be that uh, even though the conservatives went to the polls because of their media organizations and uh, because of who they follow, uh, like all the all, like all of the celebrities that they follow and they get their uh, news from, what brought Democrats to the polls? was actually individualism, their own individual response to the conservative movement. And in a way, that is actually something that I, that, that is the part that I didn't expect. That is, that's the area where, uh, where it was actually eye-opening and kind of gave me a little bit more faith in humanity and a little bit more faith in our country, in, in our future. Because it wasn't that we were listening to politicians. 
None of us were really listening to politicians, except for the grassroots politicians that a lot of us follow on on social media. Sort of a, a common enemy to rally around kind of thing. Like, at, at, there's the infighting on the left, right? I'm using left here very right liberally yeah, no. <laughs> uh, because, like, left in left, you know, yeah, the left is completely different thing. Not really left, yeah. but uh, you know, just for the sake of not having to qualify every single time, the left in America is is so broad right like it's anything that's to the left of like literally carry any baby to term no gay marriage uh most people shouldn't be able to vote except for white landowners like right (laughs) fundamentalist wild people um so if you are not that you only have one other place to go really Mm -hmm. like you 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 can vote third party but everybody knows that that doesn't really work and your only real option is to join up with the Democrats, right? The, the wonderful Democrats. However, in a situation like this, like yeah, like to your to your point, <laughs> when it's when you're staring down the barrel of like, hey, they're not threatening to take rights away. Like they took rights away. Mm-hmm. Like the women in my life have fewer rights today in this country than they did earlier this year. Right. That's. That's unconscionable. Mm-hmm. And and like you, you just <laughs> what are you supposed to do? You have no other option except stop that from getting worse, right? Like we didn't vote to make that better. We're not gonna get Roe codified in this and unless we unless Democrats take the House, which could happen and even right. then it's a still a big if. Like it's still a big question mark if it would even happen. I mean, we but, didn't while we had both the House and the Senate. So yeah. what makes us think we're going to do it now? Yeah, and we and we didn't when uh, Obama had a supermajority too. Like, right, never happened there either. Like they, it's not a high priority for the Democrats. And that, I, I, I said we. I shouldn't say we. I don't. I don't. <laughs> don't want to <laughs> consider myself a Democrat. But no, same. Like they didn't do it when they had the supermajority. It's it's all it's all politics. But anyway. Let's move on from politics, maybe, because <laughs> I could go for quite some time. Oh, that would same. be in six more podcasts. <laughs> maybe, maybe eventually. I mean, yeah, maybe. I'm, I mean, I'm down. Um, plus, you're going to come on my podcast eventually. Yes. So uh, maybe we can talk about it there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, but the, you know, the astral realm starts to uh, crack and shake once once uh, the, the, the phrase Democrats or Republicans gets said too many times. Uh, like, you know, the, the tremors just they it, especially in this office building that we're in, we're in this high rise. It's it's just we don't want to get that unstable. So instead, uh, let's let's lighten the mood. I've got a couple of uh, of, of fun questions to poke you with here. Okay. And I'm, I'm really, really, really excited about this. Um, the first question I have for you, what is the most statistically boring state? Okay. One answer and one way of quanti- in, in, in quantifying that is pretty obvious. And I'll actually, I forgot what that was. So I'm going to have to go look it up while I'm telling you the other answer. The other answer you are not going to believe. I have a, uh, a pivot table. I have a pivot table where essentially I rank... All of all of the categories, or at least as many as I felt like that I thought were important, and they all had equal weight. And then uh, I found which state was uh, in the median of uh, the like average rankings. Um, and turns out that answer is Hawaii, which really I did not expect 
at all. <laughs> so, really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> and it's not really... The frustrating part is this is the reason why quantifying mediocrity is very difficult. Because, and a lot of people in that other video, I made a video a while back where somebody asked me to uh, give a similar answer. And uh, in that video, I... I did not give things equal weight. I, it was it was almost like tournament style where things that ranked low or high got eliminated or states that ranked mm. low or high in individual categories got eliminated uh, until I got to the least or, uh, in, until I got to the lowest priority metric. Um, and I got a lot of crap for that in, in, in the comment section. But that ensured that the final result would be mediocre at all things when this the reason that Hawaii is the most statistically mediocre is because Hawaii is almost the best in like half of the categories and almost the worst at the other half. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume that they're they're ranking pretty low on like cost of living, right? Like it's super yes. expensive to live there. Um, you have to ship everything over. It's probably like really bad internet, I would assume. Yeah, internet's terrible. Cost of living is atrocious. Uh, things like food costs, median rent... Uh, house costs uh, are, are are terrible. Some things it ranks decent in, uh, like mediocre in. Uh, it's twentieth place uh, when it comes to uh, minimum wage. So there's that. Um, but uh, other things, it's like fantastic in uh, air quality and water quality. Obviously, mm. um, it's number one and number two um, because, of course, it would be. Uh, poverty, What's number one water quality? Water, well, water quality. Uh, sorry, I said that backwards. Hawaii is number okay. one in uh, water quality. It's number two in air quality. What's number one in air quality? Let me wait. Let me see. guess. Let me guess. Um, it's got to be like Montana. It is New Hampshire. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Literally the same state. <laughs> I wonder where Montana ranks. Actually, hold on. I need to find that out now. It's gonna be like forty ninth. It's 14th. Oh, that's yeah. not too bad. It's not bad. No. That's not bad, Montana. You could do better. You could yeah, do better, Montana, but it's not bad. No, try a little bit harder. But the best state overall when it comes to uh, uh, even uh, even averages, like equal weight, is Massachusetts. Interesting. Because mm -hmm. I would have thought that Massachusetts would be relatively up there in terms of like decent average state. Like, like in the top, you know, in the top 25% of like ranks pretty high on a lot of stuff. What's, right. What's bringing it down? Uh, or I guess it's just neutral on everything. It's, it's got a couple neutrals. Uh, the raw, uh, uh, housing costs are bad. However, the yeah. wages make up for it. The wages are fantastic, um, for considering those, those, uh, uh, rent costs. Um, but it's got a couple of neutrals. Uh, gender pay gap, it's number 22nd. Uh, it's uh, number 21st in Big Mac Index. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, 17th in uh, cost of, of, or how many minimum wage hours it takes to make rent there. And there's a couple of other ones that are on the high end of, of uh, middle ground. But almost everything else is within the top 10. Like almost all other categories. That's pretty cool. I know that uh, um, Boston. So I want to start off by saying that I recently went to Boston uh, on, on a trip. 
uh, went to go see MCR. It was great. Uh, Boston's a really adorable, wonderful uh, city to visit. Mm-hmm. Boston also, to my knowledge, has the worst racial equity gap in the country. Wow. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you have um, that like statistic in general for statewide. But I'd be curious if you if you had anything around that that would show Massachusetts being like negatively impacted by that. But yeah, Boston, I believe someone can fact check me on this. Uh, I don't have a guy yet off screen that can then like pull up stats and fact check me on things. Um, we're getting there where we don't have the budget. Um, but I, I went to a, a uh, seminar once in which, yeah, that was one of the focuses. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. I had not heard that, but I believe you. That is one of the issues that Massachusetts has with education. Um, so it would make sense that when it comes to uh, a wealth and uh, uh, the differences, that that makes a lot of sense. I believe it has to do with like the average. It's the average net worth of a white versus black family in oh, Boston. I see. Um, like the average white family net worth is like over a hundred grand or something like that. And uh-huh. the average black family net worth is like negative thirteen dollars or something like that. Like it's wow, it's, that's massive. Yeah. That's crazy. It's huge. It's huge. And I am going to fact check that uh, before publishing this this podcast <laughs> because I don't want to put misinformation out there in case I'm doing a bad. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. do not Always take my idea. word for it. This is a thing that I heard someone tell me at a seminar. That was granted. It was a, it was a, like a racial education seminar. Uh, years ago so maybe it's gotten better i say years it was like five years so it probably hasn't gotten that much better (laughs) in five years yeah but i will double check yeah it would it would not surprise me because the inequality with education is in a similar place with massachusetts Mm -hmm. um but measuring inequality when it comes to uh net worth uh well is honestly that would be easier because there, there are a lot of places that look really good in these kinds of stats, like Texas, um, but are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's dive into that real quick, actually, because that's that's a fascinating topic that you've touched on quite a bit in your work. Um, so if, if, I, if I may just sort of uh, paraphrase one of the points that you've been hammering home recently, um, Texas can stand out in a lot of these of these statistics especially with like income or you know em- employer friendliness or something like that but mm. there's an underlying uh there's a, a different way to look at it which is that uh Texas is great for employers because employers can really abuse their employees in Texas just because of these lack of regulations and right. that is why there's a lot of money going through Texas and it's the, it's got such a good tax rate for employers and all that good stuff right yeah um and that's honestly part of the reason why Texas's uh unemployment rate is so low comparatively it, because it's easy to get a job in Texas but it's not easy for that job to actually pay what you need it to pay in Texas mm-hmm. but Honestly, there's there's a lot of uh, similar uh, like Texas is like that across the board with with Texas. um, When you look at, uh, for instance, how many arrests uh, Texas has uh, for for various crimes uh, per capita, a lot of them seem rather low. But Texas per capita's prison population is huge. Texas 
even though they're mediocre when it comes to crimes committed and uh, and arrests made, well, they're on the the worst end of mediocre. They're not really they're not really great or even mediocre. They're they're pretty towards the bad side, but they're not the worst. Uh, their punishments are much worse for the same crimes. Mm. So it looks great on paper, but in all reality. It's 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 still not great. Almost no matter what stat you look at for Texas, it's that way. It's it's insane. Uh, somebody I think told me uh, a couple weeks ago that Texas was the number one wind energy state, and this is true. Uh, Texas is the number one at uh, total electricity uh, generated by wind. Uh, however, when you look at the vast amounts of land. Uh, that Texas has, and the vast amount of people, it's very bad, <laughs> comparatively. They're, so, like, wind energy per capita or by by, by land, land is mass, not quite that good? No, it's... it's uh, it, I, oh Man, I don't remember, and I can go look it up, but it's... Uh, it's it, almost like comparing things by absolute numbers is not how population statistics should work. It's a very strange phenomenon. There's There's such a strong draw for people to find to cherry pick good stats specifically about texas like you like take like california i don't know mm-hmm. who is out there standing california no one is out here being like california is actively the best state let me tell you about it for all these reasons everyone's like yeah california is like pretty <laughs> good for these reasons and pretty shit for these reasons like no one just is just unabashedly in love with California. But with Texas, these kinds of stands are everywhere and they take themselves seriously. It's very bizarre. So, whoops, we landed on Texas again uh, in the middle of the section in which I was trying to ask you lighthearted for fun questions. Uh, So, so, uh, reeling it back in just a little bit, uh, just to to nuke this conversation (laughs) from low orbit. Uh, this is not how we wanted it to oh, go. Oh, it's all go good. <laughs> uh, the title of this episode can be Oops, All Texas. Uh, the previous episode was <laughs> Oops, All Garbage. So there we go. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> let's let's just, you know, reel it back in. I've got, an, I've got one more uh, just for fun, fun, for funsies question here for you. Uh, mm-hmm. What is your hottest take on Excel? I feel like this shouldn't be a hot take but it's going to be treated like one for some of your listeners. Um, Even though Excel is clunky and uh, bulky and filled with just junk that it doesn't need uh, and expensive, it is still infinitely better than Google Sheets in every way. Damn. Okay. Can you give, can you give a few? (laughs) Okay. So as someone who you earlier said that you had a pivot table, as someone who has had several people in analytics roles try to explain pivot tables to me and I've never understood, uh, understanding that I'm coming from the place of what the hell is a pivot table, can you explain to me okay. why Microsoft Excel is better than Google Sheets? Um, have you ever tried to import an Excel spreadsheet that contains lots of formulas into Google Sheets? Uh, well, there you go. Asked and answered. <laughs> no, I have not. That's okay. Um, I I will say that even if you would have said yes, my follow up question would have been, was it? Would have been, what is it successful? Because 
It, it wasn't. It, it, even if you did try to do this at some point. <laughs> I mean, I my use of Google Sheets is quite is put thing in box. I very rarely, if I'm doing math, it's typically like averages, which is about as much as I know how to do in a spreadsheet. Uh, but otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm just putting putting words into boxes to be forgotten forever. Yeah, uh, and and honestly. If that's your use case, then Google Sheets is probably fine. Uh, there's no reason spending money on Microsoft Office for that. Uh, there, there's no reason dealing with uh, all of the bloat that is Excel for that. How I mean, if you have a good computer, then Excel isn't isn't clunky. But um, if if you're trying to run off of your Chromebook and uh, you're on a time crunch and you have to get the spreadsheet made in 30 minutes or else your boss is going to kill you, then uh, Excel uh, is terrible. <laughs> but also Google Sheets is uh, also terrible in that sense, because if you're if you're in that situation, you probably don't have good Internet. And when you don't have good Internet, Google Sheets says you can fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> so. Nick, thank you so much for joining me at this desk in the astral realm. It has been an absolute pleasure, and I am so, so thrilled to have you as the first guest on the podcast. So thank you again so very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I would love to give you the floor uh, to let everybody know where to find you, what you've got going on, uh, and and yeah, everything that you've got to plug. Let's let's hear it. I want to I want to know where you're at. Okay. Uh, I need to prioritize. I don't want to plug too many plug things. Plug plug away. So, uh, uh, I'm so terrible at plugging myself. Um, I have a book called As the Pizza Burns. It's uh, it's a novel. It's about uh, food service workers just trying to make it through their lives, and it's it consistently gets five stars uh, from all of the uh, professional reviewers that have rated it, uh, which I'm really I'm really that happy about. That kicks I'm really total ass. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really proud of it. But you can find that anywhere you can find books. It's mostly available online. You can find it in some bookstores, but it's very difficult because it's kind of a niche book. Um, but uh, it's also available in uh, ebook and audiobook. Uh, it's read by uh, an old friend of mine named Julian Banks, and he does a tremendous job. Um, TikTok, obviously. Uh, I, I started a new YouTube channel, so please, if you go anywhere, please catch me there. I'm trying to get YouTube in a good spot. I'd like to start making more YouTube videos and deprioritizing TikTok. Mm. I don't have an invite on YouTube to a custom link yet. So you're just going to have to click the link maybe below. Is that a thing that you do in your podcast? I will will include all links that I can in in the show notes. So links will be there. A huge thank you to Nick Powers for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was an absolute blast to to interview him. Um, I just want to say a few parting words here and also follow up on the fact check that I said I would do uh, because I want to make sure that I am not lying to you. So I did take a look at the, the Boston wealth disparity thing that was discussed, and it's kind of true. It is actually, well, it's not kind of true. It's very true. Uh, so the numbers are a bit iffy and there's a few caveats that 
could make slight differences, but the caveats are not big enough that it would completely invalidate the entire concept. So the widely reported numbers are that the average white household has a net worth of 247500 in Boston, whereas the average black household would have a net worth of $8. And while that might be variable, and there are other ways that you can calculate these stats, and you could probably look more broadly and find qualifications for stuff, it doesn't change the fact that there is a hundreds of thousands of dollar difference in the average. And I don't know what to do with that information. I don't live in Boston and I do not have a strong grasp on the insane level of nuance that there is in that entire situation. So I'm not going to purport to have a solution. But I did want to make sure that I checked what I said and give you the update that you deserve to hear. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to episode 8 of Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. I'm going to continue to have guests on. I'm going to continue to refine the format. If you could do me a huge favor and rate this show on whatever platform you happen to be listening to it on, that would do a whole lot to help for, well, everything. My name is Endeavorance. This is Podcast from a Desk in the Astral Realm. Take care and be well. <laughs>